you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Going in raw is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Mad Chat. It's the only pro wrestling show you need to be watching that features videos from other people. From our patrons. From our patrons, that's right. You can join in on the action at patreon.com forward slash Steve and Larson, the $20 a month tier. Yeah. On Patreon gets you the Friendo Care package, which uh-huh. includes a comic book featuring a Stephen Larson adventure. Yeah. Three stickers, a poster, and a postcard. Yeah. Uh, and also, it gives you the ability that month to post up every week uh, a Matt Chat question. Yes. For uh, us yes. to answer ends up on this show. So, if you enjoy Matt Chat and want to be a part of it, that's how you do it. Uh, we're also available. Uh, of course, obviously, we are available here on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Yes. If you're listening to us in the audio realm, we are available on CastBox. Mm-hmm. It's a terrific podcast app. It really is. Check it out. Subscribe to Going In Raw there and leave us a comment. Um, and then we're also available at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Going In Raw. We got a bunch of great shirts there. And we still have shirts left at TheFriendoMarket.com. We do. Um, I'm going to be adding some stuff to that store very soon. Or we are going to be, yes, sorry. Yes. Um, and so that's very exciting. Uh, but we've got a ton of great Matt Chat questions today. We do. So let's dive right into them, Larson. Who's up first? Josh Little is first. Let's see All what Josh right. has to say. Okay. Stephen Larson, who's better? Seth Rollins or Drew McIntyre? Steve, you get Rollins. Larson, you get McIntyre. Thanks, friendos. Thank you, Josh Little. Thank you, Josh. We met him at Starcast. He got yes. us. He got us this amazing. So this is the new four horsemen of wrestling: Roman Reigns, Lex Luger, yeah. and Sting. Yeah, it's the new four horsemen of wrestling, right there, Larson. I think it's a great group. And then mystery partner. Yeah, there's only three right there. Robocop. The I think Stevie Bradley has a Robocop. He's going to send it our way. Oh, cool. Um, anyways, uh, so Josh Little, his question: um, Look, there's no loser here. He's given us a win-win situation. I'll take Seth Rollins. Sure, why not? You know why? Because in WWE terms, he is best about machine. New Japan might have Kenny Omega, but WWE has best about machine Seth Rollins. The guy who's supremely over. He's uh, creative. He always brings something new to the ring, and he always leaves it out in the ring during all of his matches. Super charismatic. Dude's got a long future ahead of him, a long career ahead of him. Every time they say, hey, Seth Rollins, Raw, Look, let's let's be honest. Let's face it. All right. Raw sometimes can be a bit of a chore to sit through. It's three hours, lots of recaps. Sometimes there's some filler. However, you always know that every episode of Raw, you're going to get like about a 20 to 40 minute chunk of time devoted to a Seth Rollins match. And usually that's one of the better parts of Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins, best bout machine. Give me him any day of the week. Drew McIntyre, man. He is a man. I'd say Seth isn't. Seth is CrossFit Jesus. But just look at Drew. 6'5, 260 pounds of pure muscle. Mm-hmm. Jack. Jacked. Jack. Just jacked. Why is it his athletic name? Jack McIntyre? Athletic to boot. Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Here's the thing that Drew has done, as far, and near as I can tell, no one else has done it in the history of wrestling. Made Dolph Ziggler interesting. Oh, I don't know about that. He's give he this pairing between Drew and Dolph. It's a little fire under Dolph. He's doing the best work he's done in years. Going the wrong, going down. The no, wrong. this is I'm, going down the wrong route. No, here, I'm Tom. not. This is there just one one way in which Drew is better. What than Seth? Yeah. Oh my God! No, you're you're going down the road. No, nothing can make that. That's actually a testament to how uninteresting Dolph is. <laughs> Even Drew can't make him interesting. I, I, well, I actually think this is the best work Dolph's done probably since like 2012. Okay. 
he seems inspired. He seems motivated. Um, and I think this pairing with Drew, knew, knowing how awesome Drew is, um, and, and knowing that if he doesn't pick up his game, Drew's going to like lap him several times over. Um, so I think that pairing has helped Dolph immensely. Look at it. He's already won two titles since, what, WrestleMania when Drew got called up? Mm-hmm. And I think that's largely a testament to Drew's immense skills and talents. Uh, also, uh, Drew, his first run WB didn't go as planned. However, he went out on excursion yeah. <laughs> for about three years. That is a good way um, to put it. Became a better wrestler, um, uh, and he came back, went to NXT, and blew everybody away. Absolutely blew everybody away. Since his call up to Maine, he has continued that, um, even though he, has, he had to do a complete 180 in terms of his character. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been a great heel on main roster. Scary, sinister, mm-hmm. super mean. Uh, he's great on the mic. Awesome in the ring, does incredible things because he's so damn strong. Um, and that Claymore he delivered on on Raw to beat uh, 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 Dean Dean was great. The Claymore he delivered at Hell in a Cell to help him and Dolph uh, successfully defend the tag team titles was great. I'm all in on Drew 100%. The two guys that I've mentioned before um, uh, a couple of weeks ago that have brought – Another level of intensity, even from when they were in NXT, Drew and Almas, mm-hmm. the the intensity that Drew brings to everything he does really does need to be looked at by everybody else on the main roster. And, and you know, they need to try to match that because that dude, every time the camera's on him or not on him, that dude is giving everything, everything he has. That's all I really ask. That's why that's why I'm such a big fan of Seth Rollins, Andrew McIntyre, is that both those guys, Seth especially so in the ring, Drew especially so in his character work, they bring everything they have and yep. more. And it's very, it's very impressive. So yep. not a wrong answer. Not a wrong answer. They're both fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I just made a better case because I didn't have to talk about Dolph. No, I think I made a better case because I did talk about Dolph. Don't think he did. Who's next? Next, your Zodiac Killer. Uh-oh. Oh, Steve's dear. Zodiac Killer. Uh-oh. Let's see what he has to say. Oh, dear. Hello, Steven Larson. Another matchup question for you from Steve's Zodiac Killer. Um, now, this weekend, I went to Future Shock Wrestling, which is a promotion based in Manchester, England. Um, great wrestling show. And um, they had Doug Williams on the card, um, a legend in the UK scene. But never really been linked with WWE, or at least I don't think. So the matchup question is, who is a legend who has never been in WWE? Or who is the best one to not be in WWE? I'd love to know you guys' thoughts and opinions. Too sweet, high handshake, and I'll see you next time. Thank you, Steve Zodiac Killer. Thank you, my Zodiac Killer. Oh, I got to go first. You got to go first. You know, we actually had kind of a tough time because we kind of set aside uh, wrestlers who, who who spent a vast majority of their, their careers in Japan mm-hmm, or yeah. currently in Japan. Yeah. Um, just focused on wrestlers here in the States, mm-hmm. wrestlers who never really had you know, set aside like a dark match or a squash match on heat or velocity or something like that. That doesn't really count. Yeah. I mean, like a run, like a real run in WWE. So, okay. And the name I came up with was... Well, uh, before you give your name, let's talk about some of the other people that we talked about that isn't your name. All right. Um, Chris Daniels. Yeah. Granted, he had like a couple... He was supposed to be the the higher power. Yeah. Right? Um, never had a real run in the WWE. Mm-hmm. He might have had a match or two, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, it's like everybody did in the, in the late 90s, right, early yeah. aughts. Jay Lethal, yeah, another name that it's kind of actually surprising that he never had like one stint in WWE. So those are two names that are still active right now that you can point to and be like, oh, that's kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you can go to Japan, all sorts of wrestlers over there from the past um, that never made their way to WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but go ahead with with your name, Joey Ryan, yeah. Wow. Heck of a career he's managed to amass. Oh, yeah. What, 15-plus years wrestling? 18. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and barring at least, I know he was in one dark match um, or, or squash match. Um, never signed a contract with WWE, never had a run with WWE, worked with Impact briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, has spent the rest of his career working the independents mm-hmm. uh, to great success. One of the co-founders of Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and now he just wrestles all of the world uh, uh, suplexing people with his penis. Yeah. Heck and, of a career for Joey Ryan. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's not just a dick flip wrestler, though. He is a well-versed, well-rounded wrestler. That dick has made him a ton of money, though. That, that it has. Yeah. That dude. So it's smart of him to be all in on that gimmick. You know, he is definitely somebody to look at in terms of, and not just in pro wrestling, but obviously it applies to pro wrestling too, but any sort of artistic hustle. Um, you look at Joey Ryan, a guy who's put it together for 18 years. Um, he's got his own, pro- he, 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 he's the head of bar wrestling, isn't he? Uh, he's involved somehow. Yeah, he's involved pretty heavily. I think it might be his, I don't know. Um but uh, that guy's put it together. He's, you know, he. It's funny after so many years in the industry and being successful, his breakthrough came at year seventeen. Mm-hmm. You know, or year sixteen, mm-hmm. whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, with the whole dick flip stuff. At, at a certain point, you know, when you break through to a whole nother level, we kind of see that with uh, Chris Daniels SCU now. You know, they're, they're, you know, all already had a stellar career. Uh, and then broke through to another level because of being the elite. I, I love seeing that kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to take a slightly different tact. Uh, there are a ton of names that you probably could throw out, even though WWE seemingly you know, snapped up everybody. There is no one clear, obvious name out there. I'm going to go uh, take a look at sort of a what if, and my name is going to be Magnum TA. All right. Because if that dude had never got into – his, uh, what was it, car accident, yep. motorcycle, car. motorcycle, car, okay. car, car accident. He was driving his Was Porsche. it Kerry Von Eric who had a motorcycle yeah. accident? Okay. Um, if he had never had that car accident, it wouldn't surprise me at all because that dude, he just, he didn't just look like an NWA wrestler. You know, that dude had the ingredients to go to New York, to go to WWE, mm-hmm. Um, and I believe he would have at least had one stint there. He's the kind of guy I think Vince probably would have loved. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, and so I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Magnum TA just because if that had never happened, maybe the course of wrestling history, maybe it would have changed. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah, maybe not. Who knows? We'll so, never yeah. know. Good answers. Uh, next up, we've got the Freak Legion. Yeah, Loki's got a question. Let's see what he's got to say. Hello, Stephen Larson. Loki Richard here with the Freaks. My question for you is on Xavier Woods' Up, Up, Down, Down channel. He had mentioned that if he, if he had the run of WWE, he would have Kofi Kingston with the, with the WWE title. I know you guys book your show yourself, but if you could pick anybody who you would not think would actually get a WWE championship run, who would you give the title to? Like Nemo? Uh, no, he'd have to be signed with the WWE. My answer would be Shelton Benjamin. Have fun with the debate, and I'll see you soon. Thank you, Loki. Thank you, Loki. And, of course, he's there with his henchman, uh, Delete. And then mm-hmm. who's the guy in the back? It's Buddy Love. Oh, Buddy Love. That's right. I, we're, 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 we're learning all the characters yeah. in the Freak Legion. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I go first. Yes, you do. Uh, this dude has been, number one, he might be on the verge of winning the Cruiserweight Championship. I think it would be great if he did. Um, and then number two, this guy has been one of my favorite characters in the WWE for a little while now. Uh, I'm talking about Drew Gulak. Um, he calls himself the top submission expert in the WWE. I think it'd be fantastic. I know, granted, he's, he's undersized compared to a lot of the guys he'd be fighting. But if he was over there on SmackDown, for example... I'm sort of looking at, I was looking at this question in terms of, okay, who could be another gender Mahal? Who's a guy who could sort of come out of nowhere and be like, wait, really? Well, Drew Gulag would be actually starting a little bit higher than gender Mahal, perhaps because his character is further along than gender was back when he won the title. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think his character work is so great. He's such a strong personality that they could, if they really gave him like an extra mean streak and he just goes around tapping people out, Kind of like what we see with Zack Sabre Jr. over there in New Japan, that mm-hmm. type of game, even mm-hmm. though he's like taller, obviously. But if it's something like that, where this dude just goes around tapping people out left and right, I don't know how big you are, um, I could, I, I think that would be a lot of fun to see Drew Gulak get that. And there's over there, especially if it was on SmackDown, you got guys like Daniel Bryan, Almas, AJ, you know, even Samoa Joe, that'd be fun to see. It'd be, obviously, be heel versus heel. But, um, a lot of interesting matchups for Drew Gulak. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I, I think he's got the kind of personality who could, in an environment maybe 
uh, where a bunch of people are injured, that dude could definitely step up and take the grand prize. I mean, look, it, if it was if I was booking this show, I wouldn't even wait till people got injured. I'd be like, all right, let's push this kid up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my answer would be Drew Gulak. All right, I'm gonna go with Bob Lashley. Um, when I heard this question, I I, I thought uh, veterans, um, wrestlers who'd been WWE for a while. Maybe not continuously. Guys, you can count on. Yeah, that you can count on that, that have that are well decorated, but have never claimed the top prize. Um, and so I thought Bob Lashley. I thought when he returned to WWE after being gone for ten years and doing great work and winning all sorts of titles in, in TNA and Impact, uh, that they were going to push him to the main event scene right away. Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened yet. Mm. Um, however. I know he still wants that match against Brock Lesnar, which I hope for him happens because I think that'd be great. Um, and also, I think with this new pairing with Leo Rush uh, is going to do wonders for Bob Lashley, not because um, Leo is, is, can be, will, you know, just based on the small uh, bit of evidence we've seen so far, is a capable manager. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the interactions between the two of them will showcase more of Bobby's personality. Oh, I can't wait. Um, because we saw a lot of that. An impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hopeful this new partnership with Leo will help springboard him up into the main event scene. Yeah, like, isn't it kind of funny though? How like we did funny. Isn't it kind of funny how there are actually more people on the main roster who it wouldn't feel out of place for them to win the top title then there are people it would feel out of place. Yeah. There's so much top flight talent on main roster. Like you could say like, so Drew McIntyre, current tag team champion, totally reasonable for him to be universal oh, champion. He will at some point. And he probably will be at some point. You know, obviously you've got Finn, you've got I me, mean, anybody on SmackDown live, Miz, Joe, Almas, Brian, anybody there who isn't, WWE champion totally could be. Yeah, totally could be for the mall. You know, obviously, Ty Dillinger's not going to be champion anytime soon. Our truth, but you know, the guys, everybody who was on TV this past week, they all could be WWE oh, yeah. champion on oh, SmackDown. Yeah. On Raw is a bigger show. You got more going on, but uh, but still, you know, Orton, Hardy, Nakamura, they're mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. they're all, none of them would be out of out of the you line know, of question. That's na- why this is a hard question. A name I, I would have brought up had he not uh, seemingly retired is Matt Hardy. Give him one world title run in WWE. Yeah, yeah. But seemingly. There's, there's a lot of people who feel the same way. I'm not one of them. But, um, but yeah, I think he's the kind of guy, dude. His career has been so great anyways. Oh, I he know. He doesn't need he it. He doesn't need it. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I but think, I think so. it'd be a great kind of somebody cherry asked, on top somebody for Somebody asked this before. I'm a bigger fan. I'm not a huge fan of the, I guess you maybe call it obligatory uh, world title. Like the Christian world The thank title. you world title run. I'm not a huge fan of that. I don't have a problem fan. with it. If, if, if there's a person who has dedicated so much of their life and their body uh, to your company and you feel like as, as a token of appreciation, you're willing to put your top belt on them even just for a short time just to say they can have that accolade, mm. I don't have a problem with that. It's a, it, it, to me, that's why the world title was so like downgraded. It was so because they would do that with the world title, like Alberto would have it. Although I think they really liked him, but like Christian had it, Dolph had it. Like it was a bunch of people who just eh, I don't really know if they deserve a world title. Or I, I'll put it this way: not deserves it. They all deserve it because they all work really hard. If you consider a title a reward for hard work, which I kind of don't. No, I don't. It's it's it's, it's well, it's money is a reward for hard yeah. work. Um, but also making money because is, is re, you're generally rewarded with world titles if you make money for the company. Um, I mean, not everybody's night though. You can't pay for your sandwich with no, the I title. Know. So anyway, but I mean, I, I wouldn't say okay, just give someone a title as a thank you without. It'd have to make sense storyline. Okay, that's the that's point. really the that's thing. the point. I don't think it ever did with Christian. Yeah, I remember. I didn't, and that's kind of what you know. It's like, ah, oh, really? If it just seems like, that okay. obvious that you're you're getting the uh, 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 almost like a parting gift. Yeah, Mark Henry. Or your Christmas bonus, essentially. When Mark Henry won it, it oh, yeah. felt like both a thank you and totally made sense storyline. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think with Matt Hardy, they could make it have it make sense storyline. You know the way they could have made sense if they if they had kept Bray Wyatt built the way he was. Replace Randy Orton with Matt Hardy in that same feud, and it would have worked. Then it could have made sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got a question from that, that hat Gatlin. guy. Yeah, that hat guy, Gatlin. Gatlin T. Let's see what he has to say. 
What's up, Stephen Larson? Uh, it is that hat guy, Gatlin T. And my Matt Jack question this week is, what specific moment do you guys think signified the end of the Attitude Era? Uh, my personal one is when Stone Cold took the chair from Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 17. But I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Sorry, guys. Too sweet and a hearty handshake. Thank you, Gatlin T. Thank you, Gatlin T. Um, I gotta go first, don't I? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, he, what he mentioned, Austin's heel turn is generally regarded as <laughs> that's that's so funny. So we're, no, this this was gonna be my oh really answer because I thought you were taking this, no, and I, I actually think it's this. Oh, yeah, so we're gonna have the same answer, which is yeah. WWE buying WCW. Well, no, we can talk about the entire yeah scenario. sure. Um, because I wonder if WCW hadn't gone under and made available for purchase, if they would have even considered Austin turning heel. He was, oh, that's a good question. He, he was he was their cash cow. He was making all the money for the company. That's a good question. And he was the ratings draw. Yeah. And if they still had competition in the form of WCW, would they would they have ever considered making such a drastic change? Oh, well, hold on a second, though. Austin's heel turn came before the, the purchase. It was April. The purchase was in July, wasn't it? Oh, is that the time frame? I want to say yes. So I thought 17 was like the first kind of... 18 was the first one. No, I know the real one, but I thought it was... Wait, maybe you're right. Maybe 17 was the first one with WCW people. That's what I thought it was. Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. Here. WWE buys WCW date. Oh, it was March. You're right. It was, yeah, WrestleMania was right around the corner. It was right it was after March. It, yeah. I don't know. I always think July. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, who knows? I mean, I don't know what the creative what the creative uh, plan was prior to WWE buying WCW, if this was always in the cards, Austin That's Turning a Keel. good question, though. That is. I don't know. Question. I've never looked into it. Um, well, nobody's ever... I can't remember anybody ever making a point of saying anything one way right, or the other. Right, exactly, about it. yeah. Um, so, in my mind, once WWE didn't have that competition any longer, which that competition is what inspired partially the Attitude Era to begin with, um, you know, for me, that's just, that, that just kind of says, okay, WWE, we won. We bought our competition. We can, all, we can all we can all we can settle all settle into a groove now. Exactly. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, no, yeah. So the the general consensus on internet is that it's the end of WrestleMania 17, the heel turn. I actually agree with what you're saying here. I think that uh, the Attitude Era, granted. So there was, if the Attitude Era, if we consider it Mania season, March April, if it ended then, what uh, of 2001. The Ruthless Aggression era started in 2002. What month was that Ruthless Aggression episode? I forget what it was. Um, but, uh, and because there's like, you know, there's obviously a space between eras, if you will. Um, but no, I, I definitely think the idea of, so the, 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 the purchase of WCW then caused WWE to say, okay, uh, so like you said, we won. Now we have all this talent that not only, you know, we own these contracts, but there's a wealth of talent out there in the world and nobody else is really primed to buy them. <laughs> so that's on us. Now we have to rethink everything we're doing. So they go into the invasion thing. So the attitude, the idea of the, the attitude era was no longer like relevant mm -hmm. really. Um, so, but no, I mean, interesting question about the stone cold heel turn. Like would they have continued to play? Would they have, did they see that what was more of a risk to like keep Austin to turn him heel or to keep him face the way he was like keep yeah, the status know. quo? Did they think he was stale at that point? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. He never the fact that he that he never said, yeah, they bought WCW and so they they thought they could play a little they could go in a different direction. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would have figured somebody would have said that by now, but it's I mean if that were the case, it's yeah. an interesting question. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, if that had any bearing on that at all. Uh, next question from Patrick Sparks, the Hall of Matt Chad Hall of Famer, Patrick Sparks. B-Man. B-Man. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos, Pat here. All right, so debate today is about legacies of superstars. Out of the current talent under the WWE banner, this is Raw, SmackDown, NXT, even UK people, who are the biggest superstars under the banner to come out of PWG, Evolve, CZW, uh, progress, Dragon Gate. What do you guys think? Biggest superstars to come out of those promotions that are currently under the WWE banner, and out of those promotions, who do you think who currently wrestle in them will be big stars 
come to see in the future. Thanks, friendos. Bye. Thank you, Patrick Sparks. Thank you, B-Man. So, man, he gave us a list of uh, promotions. Yeah. Um, and we have to then declare who are the biggest WWE stars. So it, we had like a sort of longer conversation about, well, Kevin Owens. Is he more of a PWG guy or a Ring of Honor guy? He was champion in both promotions. He's got the most number of reigns in PWG. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, well, the issue is that so many independent talents, you know, like in the late 90s, all through the aughts, just worked for everybody. Yeah. Um, like Ricochet, I think he... I think he has said that he considered PWG his home promotion in the States and Dragon Gate his home promotion in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why he, you know, he won, I'm assuming, Bola mm-hmm. before he left, had a, a, a championship reign before he left. He did a couple weeks in Dragon Gate in Japan before uh, going to NXT. Yeah. Um, but I don't know about a lot of other people. You're right. Whether, yeah, yeah. you know, wh- whether Daniel Bryan considered Ring of Honor his home promotion. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, so when I think of PWG... Um, the one guy that stands out to me is a guy who might consider have considered himself a primarily PWG guy. Might have been Sami Zayn. Um, I mean, it says here, so in his little breakdown here mm-hmm. in Wikipedia, it says PW, like PWG is the first thing it says. Yeah. Generico achieved much success in Pro Wrestling Gorilla as a two-time champion and a five-time tag champion. He's the only person to have won both of PWG's annual tournaments. Uh, and he won Battle of Los Angeles. Um, he so he okay. He was Ring of Honor Television Champion. Tag. So I he maybe he considers himself primarily could be have been a PWG guy. God, he started there in 2004. He wrestled there last in 2013. So I would think for PWG is probably Sami Zayn just because guys like Adam Cole, Kevin Owens, I think they're probably more Ring of Honor-ish guys. Um, so it's, there there you go. There's a little bit of progress. It's Pete Dunne. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's Pete Dunne. It's Pete Dunne. It's Pete Dunne. Um, I, I said Owens for PWG just because he has the most title reigns. Yeah, right. Um, Evolve has got to be Drew. They kind of were starting when he came oh, in. Oh, was okay. okay. And dropped that, that promo. Um, oh, that was an that was an ICW. ICW, but yeah. then he was he pretty much instantly went to Evolve after okay. he got let go by WB and won their title. Okay, um, Ricochet for Dragon Gate because I know he kind of considered that his home promotion well, in there Japan. You go, yeah, and then yeah, Pete Dunn. Yeah, so look at us doing research, putting yeah. in the time and effort. Yeah, for Patrick Sparks, B Man, the B Man. Next up, we've got, we got a question from, from Stephen M. Stephen M. Is your Irish linguistic expert Stephen M here with another match chat question? Now, I was thinking about uh, heel factions and in particular foreign heel factions. And what got me thought, thinking about this was there's a picture that went up with Becky and the bear. They honestly looked awesome. So I was thinking, can WWE do what New Japan initially had with the original Bullet Club, which is a cool foreign heel faction running amok and just being cool instead of the whole typical I hate America blah foreign heel stick they usually do because I felt always felt the League of Nations was a huge miss, miss, like missed opportunity and it could have been really cool so take a male wrestler female wrestler and a tag team and argue why they would be the best foreign heel faction I'd pick Balor Becky and the bear and I think they could do amazing stuff and just take over. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. Uh, you got it right. Yeah, congratulations, Stephen M. You got it right. You got it right. Adding Finn to Becky and Thebar, I can't think of a more. Here's the thing: they're Euro cool. When I th- when I see Cesaro and Sheamus um, with their soccer jerseys with Thebar on it, I I wouldn't mind getting one. Yeah, because they just remind me of sort of. Cool, fun European football fans. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they've got that level of, like, cool to them. Um, and then you obviously add Becky, who's, like, the coolest thing ever. And then Finn, who's the coolest thing, like, literally ever. Yeah. I mean, that's a hell of a group right there. Um, interesting that he mentioned the League of Nations as being a missed opportunity. I semi-agree with that. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. You got Rusev. You got Now we see what Seamus... What works best for Seamus? Yeah, and it it's, it totally fits him. Yeah, because I love Seamus now. Yeah, 
Um, Alberto was a pff, whatever. But Rusev seemed like he was having a good time. And if Rusev he was, was having a good showing time. Showing the character abilities he is now, more so back then. Who was the fourth guy? Wade Barrett. Oh, and Wade Barrett. Yeah. See, here's the thing. That entire group kind of lacked cool. And when you yeah. add Del Rio, it like that actively takes away cool from it. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. just a recipe for not cool. Um, I'm trying to think of another option because like, his answer is great. What if you have like Nakamura lead a feud? Him and Asuka. Yeah. Or, sorry, not a feud, a faction. Yeah. What if, what if it's him, Asuka? Um, I would love to see if they're leading sort of a really vicious faction like, like that what they could do with a heel Kyrie Sane. Mm. That could be really mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Who's, um, what's her name? Uh, Satamora? Yeah. 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 Could you imagine her oh, I know. in a faction with Nakamura? Oh, I know. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be good. That'd be really good. That'd be really cool. Put Hideo Itami in there. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That'd be good too. Oh, I like that a lot. That's really good. Just go around and just be violent. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Good answer. Next up from Christopher Rapperson, we got a question from him. Yep, see what Christopher has to say. Hello, Steve Larson. My question is today is, what WWE superstar or NXT debut or legend or Hall of Famer or dead or alive or celebrity would you have interrupt Elias when he's doing his segment? I will have DDP yoga so you can drop him with a diamond cutter. Or I have Stone Cold Steve Austin because, you know, drink a lot of beer saying, what? And him with a stunner. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Who do you got? Jeff Jarrett. Ain't he great? Ain't he great? J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. He comes in there, uh, interrupts, and he's the one that gets the guitar over the head. All right. I'm going to double down on what you said. He's got a mad shirt on, and it's a full-on mad invasion. Oh, wow. (laughs) But the results are the same. He gets the guitar over the head, right? Everybody in mad get a guitar on the head. Because they're from AAA. Oh, great answer. Next up from A.O. Worm. <laughs> Let's see what A.O. Worm has to say. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, A.O. Worm, your new Friendoverse Tag Team Champion. Let that sink in for a second. Bask in my glory. All right, cool. On with the questions. All right, so Steve Larson, what would make the state of wrestling within WWE better? them branching out and partnering with other smaller promotions like AEW, PWG, or actually partnering up with other of their competitions like Impact, ROH, um, New Japan, promotions like those to help boast their, their company, make them seem more relatable, make it seem like they're not just trying to poach talents from other promotions and just make the state of wrestling more enjoyable, more fun so they won't have to sign, try to hijack and sign people like Kenny Omega and the Bucks, they can just have them do like little one-offs here and there or come like do an invasion feud while they're still under contract with the other promotions. So it works out for everybody. Everybody gets their cake and eat it too. Or would you say that WWE needs to expand even more so across the globe? I know they're in different little areas now, but when was the last time you seen Raw in Hawaii or Alaska or seeing the Raw SmackDown or pay-per-view overseas in like um, Europe or Africa or even in Japan, even though I know you have New Japan over there. I know back in, I think back in like a while ago, they had, they did a show, they ran shows over there. I know they might do still live shows, but actual like TV shows. So which one would be better for WWE to go to? Which one makes the set of wrestling better? Them partnering up with other promotions or them trying to really get out there globally in like different areas where wrestling might not be prominent. All right, guys, take it easy. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, A.O. Worm. Thank you, A.O. Worm. All right, and congratulations, by the way, winning the Friendoverse Tag Team Championships. And Kimberly won the new Friendoverse... Predictions Champion. Predictions Champion, yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. I don't know know who's Discord Champion right now. I was for a while. You were for a bit. How was your time at the top? Here, how was your time at the top? It was, it was real good. That's what I asked Carmella. How was your time at the top? Great. Then I asked her about shoes. Oh, what'd she say about shoes? Find out in the interview. Yeah. Uh, anyways, what is this question? Oh, man. Yeah. I'll go first. I think it's probably... Okay, so as a fan, I am going to agree with what Larson's about to say. 
But as a business person who's trying just to make a dollar and a cent in this well, business life, WB is making more than a dollar and a cent. They're making a ton more. Do you know why? Do you know why? Why? Because they're out to dominate. That's why. They bought WCW. They bought ECW. They went out and... Do you know yeah, who that is? Yeah, I do. It's Phil. Uh, they went out and they had a meeting with Impact just days ago. Mm-hmm. Makes me wonder if Impact is going to start licensing their global wrestling network. Now that Jeff Jarrett wants to torpedo that name, they might be like, you know what? We're shutting it down. WWE will license it to you or maybe they'll sell it. I don't know. Um, WWE prefers to own their stuff. They want it and it's worked for them as a business. It makes total sense for them to go into markets that maybe aren't saturated with wrestling. It makes sense for them to go into markets that are saturated with wrestling and put their presence there because they're WWE and they can do that. Because people who want a gateway to possibly get from local NXT to NXT to the main roster, that's how you that's how they're going to want to do it. That's a good bet to have on yourself. So, yeah, th- what they should do business-wise probably just dominate, but I love this answer a lot better because I'm a fan and I like to see small independent promotions get some rub, so go ahead. Uh, one of the best stories of the whole Attitude Era was uh, hearing about Vince sending money over to Paul Heyman to keep ECW afloat. Yeah. And they had a bit of a talent exchange. Yeah. Um, and and this, that wasn't the first time that WWE has had talent exchanges, co-promoted shows. They used to do show New Japan. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and... and they seem to have stopped doing that once they became a publicly traded company. Whether that's uh, some philosophy the, the the board of directors or Vince or whomever has adopted, um, they seem to pretty much put an end for the most part. You see them doing stuff with Evolve um, and with Progress and ICW, um, put a stop to any sort of collaborations. However, um, in, in, in this world where WWE's market share is secure, they're not... They're synonymous with wrestling, like Kleenex and facial tissue is the same thing. People think wrestling, the first thing they think of is WWE. They people think copying machines, they think Xerox. Because oh. um, no one says, I'm going to go go to a copy machine. I'm going to Xerox this. <laughs> they think they go they do their ears, and what do they think? Q tip. <laughs> Not ear swab, no. Ear swab. Nope. Exactly. Um, sort of like if you, if you need some lip moisturizer, what do you reach for? <laughs> lip balm. Chapstick. Oh, chapstick. Vaseline. So yeah, what is Vaseline anyways? It's petroleum jelly. <laughs> there you go. It's a, it's a petroleum product. But it's Vaseline. You're rubbing crude oil on yourself. <laughs> um, uh, but just think of the, and this is a pipe dream. I understand this. Although with Impact meeting with WWE, we don't know what the, 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 the context or the meaning of that Slow meeting was. Slow down there, Sparky. What, are you talking WWE Impact Talent Exchange? No. That sounds like the book of no, Steve. No, but the fact that they're having conversations about something. Weird. Mean, and, and also the fact that within the last few years, they have uh, engaged in some sort of relationships with Evolve, Progress, ICW, some other smaller promotions. It seems like maybe they are or at least Triple H maybe, softening on the stance of we own and control everything we do. Could be. Um, and if that's the case, uh, I'm hopeful that maybe in the future we'll see more collaborative efforts. Um, you, we, we heard about Kenny in the, in the New Day uh, trying to get a, a, a crossover going there in the ring. That never happened, but they let it happen at e, E3. WWE could have... I'm sure totally told New Day, no, you can't do oh, that. Of course, yeah. But they they allowed they allowed it to happen, which sounds ridiculous. Because no, they no, that doesn't sound ridiculous. That's what they allowed. I know it's what happened, <laughs> but they allowed it to happen. It was a huge success. Yeah. Um, it is, it's it's not going to happen overnight. Any sort of collaboration is going to be bit by bit by bit. But I'm 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 hopeful, especially now as Vince is getting older. He has his XFL hobby. He's going to be concentrating yeah, more time on football money. Maybe uh, Triple H can get in his ear a bit more and say, hey. You know, WWE's doing fine. We're not going anywhere. Man, that dude was the guy who had the map with all the yellow string, dude. I understand. He's not getting anybody's ear. Um, <laughs> and, and, and say, you know what? We're doing fine. Let's think of the health of the business overall. The, the business is better when companies are working together. We're the, we are the business. Hey, Dad, we are the business. I got this. Global localization. NXT everywhere. Evolve. Buy it. Rev Pro, buy it. You buy everything. Dude. Well, they don't work with Rev Pro. Exactly, because they're going to buy it. 
Anyways, what's up? Who's up uh, next? Zach S. Let's see what Zach S. has to say. Another Hall of Famer. What's good, Stephen Larson? Many friendos out there. It's your official friendo versus IWGP heavyweight champ, Zach S. Coming at you with another match at question. The question this week is besides Asuka, Undisputed Era, and Finn Balor, the obvious answers, who would you say has had the most dominant career in NXT, the best career in NXT? Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach S. Thank you, Zach S. Uh, Neville. Prior to Finn, the longest reigning NXT champion. Um, he's a multi-time uh, tag champ, I believe, in NXT. Um, granted, I really, really wasn't watching NXT <laughs> much back when he was champion. Man, I'm telling you. but he was Those he, are so much fun to watch. They're so weird. He is he is an incredible, incredible talent. He is dearly missed. No, I hope, Miss Neville. I hope we see him again real, real soon. You think he's going to be uh, Ishimori's uh, tag partner, tag league? Because he was teasing some mystery partner. When also, uh, apparently, Naito was teasing a new member to LIJ. Man, you think he's going to be Neville? No. No, me neither. I don't think he's going to be Ishimori's tag partner no, either. No, he's not going to join Bullet Club. He's got he's Suzuki Gun. He's totally Suzuki Gun. Makes Goon. all the sense Makes in the all world. the sense in the world. The answer, Anyways. Is, the answer is Nakamura. Give me a break. It's Nakamura. Uh, I don't know how long his reign was. Didn't he have like two reigns? Yeah, he, reigned, he had a couple of reigns. Yeah, he was. Here's the thing. When NXT, NXT got huge. On the backs of, I'd say, three people. Nakamura, Balor, and case could be made for Asuka. Um, but Nakamura was definitely there during a very pivotal period. I feel like he helped take it to the next level. He came in with all the mystique, with all the buzz, had a five-star classic with Sami Zayn. That set the tone for what we got with Nakamura and NXT. People loved him. He was electric. He's still great. Um, and, uh, and yeah, he, it's funny because expectations for him that he had built for himself in NXT were so sky high that even when he debuted on main roster and he was still treated like a rock star, people thought it was underwhelming because his expectations were so through the roof. And even I was one of the people complaining about how they didn't treat him right. And oh my God, Nakamura, they're burying him. But no, man, they'd come on. They treated him like a rock star. But because he didn't win the world title night one, people thought that it was not good enough. That's how big he was in NXT. It's Shinsuke Nakamura. I would even maybe argue that he brought something extra that Finn didn't, and therefore he was more responsible for the success during that period in NXT than Finn Balor was. Um, so it, I think Nakamura is the answer. Uh, next up, we got a question from AJ Styles' contractor. Let's see what he has to say. Oh no, Steven Larson, it's your boy, AJ Styles' contractor, the man who helped the face build the place. Here with another match chat question. And I want to talk about feuds, mainly in the women's division. Ronda Rousey, she's been doing great as champion, but I feel like the Alexa Bliss feud, it was okay, but she could have did better. And I think she could have did better with somebody else. So my question is, who are two other women competitors that she could have faced off with? Now, his stipulation. Larson, you have to go between Ember Moon and Bailey, And Steve, you have to go with Dana Brooke and Mickey James. Let's see what you can come up with. Too sweet, hearty handshake, and... Yeah... Didn't think I knew about that. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, AJ Styles contractor. Man, uh, yeah, go I'm first. going first. So I have to argue that either Brooke, Dana, uh, Brooke Dana Brooke or Mickey James, both of them. Both of them? Would have been better feuds than Alexa Bliss. I don't know that I can argue that, to be honest with you. I like Dana Brooke. I think she's in a fun, she's in a fun little underdog story. Right now with Bailey and Sasha, she's just on her own and she has to fight one of the two of them every week, seemingly. Um, I really hope she gets one win out of this because I think people really want to like Dana Brooke and they want to, she's the kind of, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> she's the kind of person who people really like. It's just they never, they never really book her strong at all, but she's got a very endearing personality mm -hmm. and I kind of feel like 
if they if they pushed her a bit, people would really grab onto that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't really know what, like, her ceiling would be, but I think it'd be fun if they found, like, a really good tag partner for her for when they dole out those uh, women's tag titles. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like her. I think she's great, and that's kind of... And then Mickey James is, is classic. Take a look at Mickey James versus Asuka in NXT, and if you had something like that, a Mickey James who, you know, she can command the mic, she's really good in the ring, um... And she could have been, you know, the vet to say, hey, Rhonda, you're new here. I've been here for ages, even though I took a lot of time off. Um, you got to get past me first. That could have been good. I, yeah, I, I, I could have seen that. Yeah, I could've, that could have been good. Oh, oh, oh I'll, I'll stop here real quick. If Mickey James had not come back in the first place and Ronda Rousey was debuting and Mickey James was her re- like in her return yeah, yeah. was her first feud that would have been probably really huge yeah, yeah, because yeah. she was a big name when she came back now yeah, she's yeah. a hand yeah uh ember moon um my worry about having i mean the the ember moon's fantastic great wrestler yeah she is um and so in terms of match quality i think it would have been it would have been tops it'd been awesome however with ember moon just coming up to the main roster um, my worry would be uh, is having her in a feud with Ronda. Ronda's going to go over. Um, and, and while it'd be a good high-profile feud for Ember Moon and show off her immense skills, mm-hmm. worry is she'd lose and then get lost in the shuffle afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah Because totally. Ronda's going to dominate that uh, title picture for a long time. Um, Bailey is, is, is an experienced uh, wrestler on the main roster. Um, she has put on some fantastic matches. The scene in her matches against Sasha and NXT, fantastic stuff. Um, I don't exactly know what route they could take in terms of story with this per se, um, other than, you know, hey, Rhonda, you just shoved yourself to the front of the line, something like that. I don't know. Um, but that could work. Bailey and, and Rhonda could work, I would, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, Bailey's best bout machine on Raw, so her and Sasha. So I think that if now if if he had proposed Sasha versus Ronda, that's money. That's got money written all over it. Oh, that is huge money written all over it. Um, but I, I didn't necessarily think the Alexa feud was bad. Um, I think so. I was. I think that if they had put Ronda in with a wrestler with just a lot more, to, so with a Sasha or Bailey. Because they're so much better wrestlers than Alexa Bliss. Um, number one, I think Ronda's been a complete success. Mm-hmm. I, I really mm-hmm. do. And I'm with you. I don't think that the Alexa thing has been bad. No, it's just a situation. If you want, if, if you want to, if you want to enhance Ronda's star power, and putting her against Alexa makes sense because Alexa's had the title for so long. Yeah, but also, but say, if you want to put on a good match, yeah, and potentially showcase Ronda's wrestling skills, yeah, which maybe they don't want to do at this point. Possibly, um, then it's someone like Bailey or Sasha would have made more sense. Here, here's one. Here's one flip side of that, though. I do kind of feel that Alexa has really been sort of the recipient of this. Has hurt Alexa. Give considering where she was, yeah, and then she gets a couple of squashes, or she gets one nasty squash match. Yeah, yeah. Against Ronda, I feel like if Bailey was in the same position. Number one, they would never have done a squash match against her. It would have been more competitive. I really, I think that because ba- it'd be a face versus face thing. Yeah, maybe. And number two, Bailey's taken all sorts of losses, mm-hmm. and she still remains fairly popular. Yeah. Um, and so I think she would have been hurt less than Alexa Bliss, and we might have gotten some better matches. Even though the matches haven't been bad. Yeah, they've been bad. They've no. just, I mean, they've been booked towards Ronda strengths, which yeah. is what they should be. Yeah. But maybe they would have been a bit more creative. Um, you would have had a problem. Yeah, I mean, you need your top heel against Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm, though, and that's mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss. So mm-hmm. That makes sense. Next up, Thayer Thabada's got a question. Let's see what Thayer has to say. Hey, guys. Very special Matt Chat question this week, as it was selected by the members of the Friendoverse. Who would make a better mixed match challenge team? Steve and Lacey or Larson and Rachel? Thanks, guys. Thank you, Thayer. Thank you, Thayer. Um, so we're going to make the case for the other. I'm going to make the case for you. Well, Lacey. Um, that's all. That's the only case yeah. there is here. Yeah. She could be really mean. She'd wreck every one yeah. of us. Yeah. Yeah. 
She she punches me on a regular basis. She does. Yeah. Um, and uh, in in a in in a in a, a format in a scenario where that where punching is is encouraged, mm-hmm. no, the norm. Um, I think she would do well. She would carry your team uh, to sure victory. I wouldn't even need to tag in. No, no, she would just clean house every yeah. match. It'd be uh, squash matches across the board. Yeah, basically. Um, I will say this. I don't know if you've ever been in a legit fight past the age of 12. Well, you t- I mean, apparently I went to Murder Hilton one time. That's yeah, it never came to blues. All right. I helped stop a bar fight once, All right. which wasn't really me fighting. No, that's you preventing violence, not encouraging it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I did have to hold people back. Um, I would be surprised if, if I learned that Rachel ever got into a physical confrontation. I'm not aware of any. Okay. Lacey has. Mm-hmm. I think on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. So she is, she, she is scary. I'm scared of my wife. Okay. Um, however, that being said... If I were to make the case for you and Rachel, it would be you guys could definitely beat us in like a nice, lovely dinner with well prepared and cooked food. So if that was the match stipulation, you guys totally win. But there's no chance that you're going to be lazy. Wow! Like I'm just being. Realistic I totally put here. you guys over, and you didn't bother trying. I'm keeping it real. Yeah, that's the that's thing. Not I'm the keep- question. He's trying to says put over. Well, literally during the question off camera. You were complaining about your neck hurting. That's not encouraging at all. Your wife is one of the nicest, kindest, gentlest people I know. I don't see her fighting. I just don't see it. But have you ever seen, uh, I've never seen murder in your eyes. You've apparently seen murder in mine. Yeah, but you didn't go through with it. Had you thrown one punch? Well, I don't know. I get. Well, I mean, you've kicked me. You've kicked my chair before when I beat you at video games. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe. maybe I got a bad hey. temper, man. Look, you know, I got a bad temper. Here, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. That's all real life. Yeah, no. Right? What is the squared circle? A big old work. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure if you can if you can method enough to to generate murder well, thoughts. You'd be surprised. Oh, man. <laughs> Next, Joshua Martinez. Let's see what Joshua has to say. Hey, friendo. Just coming back from brunch on this Sunday morning, so it got me thinking. Quick and easy question this week: Who would you go on a date with? with you and your wife for brunch. Um, let's not pick Undisputed Era because that's a super easy answer, but I would be interested in when you guys pick. Thanks, friendos. Thank you, Joshua Martinez. Um, I'm gonna go with Ms. and Maurice. They both seem very charming. Um, uh, and especially with the situation where you're just to sit, have a good meal mm-hmm. for an hour or two, chat with them, share a few laughs, I think that'd be fantastic, Ms. and Maurice. Oh, they'd be very charming. Mm-hmm. That'd be fantastic. So I've got I've got two uh, I've got two couples that I can think of. All right. Um, number one, uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. I would love to hear about their time in the wrestling world. Yeah. Um, they've both achieved great things and 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 promised to achieve a great many more things. Candice LeRae is actually going to be part of the roster. Yeah. DLC. DLC. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, my second couple would be, uh, and I, so I had to look at this because I heard like a rumor on Twitter, and then I looked at this here. Uh, apparently, like maybe apparently they're dating Alistair Black and Zelina Vega. Um, it would be one of those deals where I would have to like look into the possibility of of a swinger type lifestyle. You're not equipped for that, like a swap type deal. You're not equipped for. Oh, that. Oh, I'd be fine. I know what that with that couple. Oh, I'd be totally. You're fine. not equipped for that lifestyle whatsoever. I think I could be. No, I think. See, not with randoms, but with those two. Are you kidding me? Oh, absolutely. I don't think you. Lacey'd be totally on board too. I don't, I don't think you're. Yeah. I don't think you can handle Look, that. It's okay. You, there's, it's not like a competition here. You do your thing. It's not a competition because I know you're not fit. No, for I that. know I'm not. I'm, I'm self-aware but, enough to realize that. No, nah, man. Oh, that'd be great. Next from Jeremy Carden. Let's Who's see what Becky Jeremy Lynch with these days. You still with that uh, MMA guy? I think they broke up. Oh, I thought you told me that. I mean, I read that on the internet. I don't know. <laughs> Next from Jeremy Carden. Let's see what Jeremy Carden has to say. Hey, friendos, Mister Friendoverse Money in the Bank here, Jeremy Carden. Um, my question for you guys this week is: with a a big and quick push, I guess you'd say, who would be more believable as um, top champion on their brand? Would it be Bobby Roode or Bray Wyatt? 
curious to see what you guys think. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. So a better champ. Go ahead. Oh man, you know you don't have to try to argue for Bob Rude. It's Bray Wyatt. It's it's if if Bray Wyatt Larson to this day to this day if Bray Wyatt stepped back for three months and got a slight tweak of a of a rebrand uh, of of a character refresh a little bit, but still was Bray Wyatt and still a supernatural guy. He could still be the next Undertaker. He could still be legitimate if they simply book him that way, if they simply book him to win, if they give him his family back. He is that strong a force of personality that that is still completely and totally and absolutely legitimate. It's 100% Bray Wyatt. Blooms off the rose, man. Bob Roode is one heel turn away from being a, a, a massive heel star world champion type guy. That's all it takes. Just find Bob Roode just needs to hit his stride, find his groove, mm-hmm. which he had mm-hmm. at NXT. Mm-hmm. If they had brought Bob Roode to WWE as NXT Bob Roode, he would also he would already be he might have contended for the WWE title on SmackDown. Don't know if he would have won it, but he would have definitely contended for it. You want to talk about blooms being off roses. But we've only seen it relative to Man. Bray. Relative to Bray, we've only seen a small sample size of Bob Rude. Larson, I don't like this term. I don't like this term at all. Burial. That dude has been a bear. It's because they don't because Creative doesn't understand what, what they got. Buried. I think they understand full well what Bray White can be. They just don't do anything about it. But I don't I, just, I don't think they understand what, what they have there with Bob Rude. You know, with, realistically speaking, Bob Rude could easily turn it around. He could be a more legitimate version of what they did with gender. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. However, um Bray Wyatt's been there, he can go there again. I don't think I mean that I, I mentioned this kind of earlier in the show there there isn't a person in the WWE by and large by and large I mean maybe Mojo maybe a couple other guys in loser locker room but by and large if you're on raw every week you have a solid um your ceiling is universal champion mm-hmm. I I firmly believe mm-hmm. that because if they take somebody there's so much talent on main roster they can take any of those guys if the creative is creative enough, if they make them legit enough, the inherent talent and charisma is there in almost every single one of those main roster stars. Yeah. If they could take Jinder to WWE Championship, whether you like whether you liked his run or not, it there it, it felt real in moments. Mm-hmm. That dude was least likely. Yeah. Right? Least likely. Yeah. So, ninety percent of what you see on TV, legitimate. I'm yeah. not talking about the tag division. Yeah, tag division on Raw is a joke. <laughs> well, champions right now aren't a joke. Uh, that's true. That's true. Next, TNA. Because they're not in the tag division. Yeah, not full time. <laughs> Next, TNA for life. Let's see what TNA has to say. What is up, friendos? It's your boy TNA for life here for another match hat question. Stephen Larson, I want to know. If you had to cast a biopic of the Beatles with WWE superstars, who would you pick for each role? That's George, Ringo, John, and Paul. You have to cast everyone. I want to know who would you pick. Thank you very much. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Peace out. Thank you, TNA for life. All right, we got to cast... A biopic of the Beatles with wrestlers. <laughs> what All right, the, who's Scott what Hall playing? What the hell is this question? T- I love TNA for life, man. He pulled this one out of his ass. I love it. Scott Hall as yes, Scott John Hall Lennon. as John Lennon. Come on, man. Finn Balor looks like a Beatle. It's true. Finn Balor. Be Paul. No, Finn Balor is Stu Sutcliffe. All right. <laughs> who's Pete Best then? Who did you get? <laughs> Who did you say Scott Hall is? Uh, John Lennon. Pete Best, big strapping dude, Drew McIntyre. All right, good. I'm killing this so far. Get Scott Hall out of here. Well, you're you're crazy. Faces right here on this you're poster. crazy. Who's uh, Lex Luger? George Martin. 
God damn it, dude. Um, Who's Brian Epstein? Uh, I don't know. Roman Reigns. Harley Race. <laughs> Brian Epstein. Would you take this question seriously? God damn it. Okay, what British superstars do we have? Uh, Pete Dunn. Oh, who could Pete Dunn be? He's sort of a George. Yeah. A Who's, bit of a malcontent. Yeah. Who's Trent Seven? Ringo. All charisma. Ringo! Ringo's a charismatic dude. Oh, Trent Seven is John. All right. He's John. And then Tyler Bate would have to be Paul. Because he uh, was the youngest, wasn't he? No, George was the youngest. Oh, that's right. Paul was the cute one. Well, Tyler Bate's a good-looking dude. He's a good-looking dude. All right, fine. Tyler Bate. Um, then who's Ringo? Flash Morgan Webster. Jack Gallagher. Jack Gallagher. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> who's Brian Epstein? Asuka is Yoko Ono. All right. That's because she's scary. She broke the group up. That's what people say. Brian Epstein. Really, the, what broke the group up was him dying. That completely killed the group. Um, you need a very gentle soul. That's more Jack Gallagher, to be honest with you. Well, previous Jack Gallagher. Jack Gallagher now, like, yeah, trying to I, be mean. Try, exactly, trying to. Trying to be mean. I don't really, I don't really buy it. Anyways, we've got a text question. Yeah, from uh, Mo Clo Master Low Blow. Should the traditional face heel dynamic in wrestling be yes utilized in favor of more complex, complex motivations? Cody Rhodes has it right. There are no more heels and there are no more faces. It all depends. you got to play that particular crowd. So, the, yeah, the question is should, yeah, heel face dynamic. And as we see this Becky Lynch-Charlotte feud when it's worked at its best, it's when they're just complex people with complex but understandable motivations. No one's necessarily in the right. No one's necessarily in the wrong. You understand why they're behaving in the way they are. Okay, but let me ask you this question. Let and I think that's what works the best. Let me ask you the question, though. Does WWE actually know that, or do they just sometimes stumble into it? Here's what I think is happening. Okay. They're trying to push them to the extremes of the spectrum. They're savvy enough performers, charismatic enough, Smart enough to know. Are you saying they're going off the grid? Are they're no, going? No. They're going off script. I'm not. No, they're reading the script verbatim. I think in terms of the subtext, how they perform the lines is what's adding the depth to it. Mm. I mean, Becky, to a certain degree, can't help but be immensely charismatic. That's just who she is. That's dude. who she is. Yeah. Um, and I think she's keenly aware of that. She knows what I her strengths are, and she knows. Meanwhile, aware of that. There you go. Mm -hmm. Trying to do a Becky pun there. That's terrible. Sorry. Um, and so I, I think in terms of, like, she's given the script, and I'm sure she's given some direction. She's like, okay, I'll do this, and then does it the way she thinks would be best, which adds a lot of complexity to it. And I think Charlotte's doing the same thing. I think you're overthinking it. I think that they don't understand that people doing awesome things is really fun to watch. I honestly think that's kind of the case. I'm, I'm agreeing they with you in terms, that, of, in terms of WWE creative. But here's creative. the thing. Here's the thing. They just write this down on paper. Becky Lynch beat up people and act mean. You know what you're going to get. And that's supremely over. Yeah. That's supremely over. But does do you think WWE understands that? No, I just said they don't. Yeah. I said it's like the, the, the reason do, is huh? the, it, the reason this feud is doing as well as it is because Becky and Charlotte are awesome. They're really good at their jobs. People love Becky Lynch, man. Mm -hmm. Charlotte's really good at her job, too. Anyways, what a great... The very engaging episode of Matt Chat, compelling and rich, oh, dramatic. How's your neck doing? Awful. See, you're already at it. You're already digging yourself into a hole, man. Lacey's gonna rip that neck off. Man. Yeah, probably. I don't even have to tag in. I'm gonna be sitting there like trying to hold Gypsy back from biting me, because she likes to like to play rough. Yeah, rough, rough. Anyways, that's it for this excellent episode of Matt Chat. Once again on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. You want to be part of Matt Chat? You can do it. You just do that. $20 a month in our pockets, in your face, on our show. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience 
and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.